Welcome to the Chasing Happiness Podcast, where we explore the secrets to achieving a fulfilling and joyful life. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, insights, and inspiration you need to overcome obstacles and thrive in all areas of your life. Each week, we bring you interviews with thought leaders, experts, and everyday people who have found happiness in the face of adversity. We cover a wide range of topics, from personal development and entrepreneurship to health and wellness. So whether you're looking to achieve financial freedom, improve your relationships, or enhance your overall well-being, you'll find the guidance you need on the Chasing Happiness podcast. Let's get to this week's episode. Brian DeMent from Chasing Happiness podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day today on the podcast. We have Terry Nicholas, and Terry's empowering women with smart money strategies. And we're going to go into a bunch of different ways that Terry can help you. But Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming on. I know it was a little bit of a wait, but let's uh, get right into it and tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get into what you're doing. Sure. My name is Terry Nicholas. I am the owner and founder of The Wealth Coach for Women, located in Massachusetts, where I serve clients all over the country because of thanks to Zoom. I'm not restricted anymore by location. And my mission is to help women who are usually in the Gen X professional female, uh, I guess you'd call it demographic, and okay. helping them navigate their finances in a way that not only looks at the numbers, but also looks at their life. What is it that they really want out of life and what will that cost them? How far away are they from their goals and objectives, and what steps do we need to take to help them get to the promised land? So when you have clients come in or, or you're working with them, are they typically, and this is just my verbiage, are they just down out, down and out on their luck when it comes to financial strategies and just don't know where to go? They've hit that rock bottom place? I wouldn't say they've hit rock bottom, but generally when they come to me, they're at some sort of a crossroads, Ryan. So something's happened in their life that has triggered them to reach out to me. It could be they've gone through a divorce or maybe they're considering getting married and they're not sure if they should merge finances. I've had a lot of folks over the last few years that decided they wanted a different career path and they didn't know if they could afford to make that change. Or they just wanted more out of life. They felt like they're on the hamster wheel day in and day out just chasing God knows what, get off the hamster wheel and they look around and say, is that all there is? Am I I'm chasing this dream of getting to the top of the corporate ladder. And when I get there, I look around and wonder if my ladder is leaning against the right wall. So how I help them is help them discern what their actual purpose in life is. What is it that they really want and what will that cost? And at the end of the day, Ryan, what I have learned, and I think the title of your podcast is just so spot on, we all want to be happy. Whether we disguise that search for happiness in I'm looking for a soulmate or I'm looking for a better career path or I'm, I'm looking for a bigger house, whatever it all is, at the end of the day, what we really want is to be happy. And Oh man, we can go down so many rabbit holes. This is this can be good because you said something is they're climbing the corporate ladder. Where whether it's male or female, I think we all struggle with this. Is we're always going after the next promotion, 
but then we're not satisfied. And right. I have this saying that is we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and the Joneses are broke. And, and you have to be something, you, you truly have to find that passion and you need to go after it. But a lot of us are not either given the skills or we just don't pay attention to it. And I think that's a whole nother conversation we can go into of how do we do that in our lives and how do we effectively come together with passion, love, but also go after our careers? No, that's, those are all great questions. And I went through this journey myself during COVID, the beginning of COVID, I felt very disconnected. The isolation really did a job on me, even though I was talking to clients every day, but the idea that I couldn't meet with them in the office and I just had somebody else telling me what I couldn't do really set something off inside of me. So I started to search for basically a way out of that feeling. I said, how do I just get beyond this, this feeling of just like in a funk, I guess is the best way to say it. So I went through a training program through Jack Canfield. He wrote a book called Success Principles. He wrote the book, I think in 2005 or six. And I read the book a number of years ago. And I saw this thing pop up. It was called Reignite Your Life. And I thought I could really use my life to be reignited. During that whole training, and then I continued on to get further training so that I could be certified as a success principles coach. Just thought the work was just so dynamic. I learned what my purpose is. And in discovering that, it was like the whole world opened up to me. I discovered what worked and what didn't, what I needed to eliminate in my life. And I was one of those people like just chasing, chasing, trying to get to this new level. And that new level was never enough. And then you're trying to get to the next new level. Yes. And when I discovered what my purpose was, I realized my ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. So I started at that point making decisions, figuring out, okay, if I'm here, how do I get there? And basically put myself through that coaching process as though I was a client. And in doing so, it opened up a whole new world for me so that this year in April, I was able to find a partner who could take over the asset management portion of my business so I could focus 100% of my time on wealth coaching. We all seem to go through those ups and downs in life, and that's really a great story that you shared. So. How do you, and I like Jack Canfield, I, from The Secret, and I think his first, I always get his first book wrong. It's, is it Chicken Soup for the Soul? Chicken Soup for the Soul was a series that he wrote with um, yeah. Mark Victor Hansen. But before that, he was an educator and he did a lot of um, self-esteem books. So he had a whole curriculum on building self-esteem in teenagers and young adults. Yeah, because in the in the secret, he tells the story how he came up for uh, chicken soup for the soul, and mm -hmm. how that that came to play, and that that's very interesting. How people can actually, how we can actually imagine something and bring it to true living color by actually just focusing on it and making it happen. And I'm digressing, but I end with this: it's three times easier to have a negative thought than it is to have a positive thought. And that ties into life and money and everything. I'm guessing you're a little bit of a mental coach too in this role. And how does that play into wealth generation, passion, career? 
but also how does it play in overall life and how can we work with it to put ourselves in a better place of success? You hit the nail on the head when you said it's much easier to have a negative thought than a positive thought. That has been proven. I don't know off the top of my head what the statistics are, but I know that it's pretty extreme. We are wired to go negative, and that's a fight or flight mechanism. That's just part of our DNA. But the way that you overcome that, you have to do deliberate mindset work. So if you want something more, better, bigger, whatever it is out of your life, it isn't just sitting around and dreaming about it. It's number one, the first step is being grateful for whatever it is that you have. Because if you're grateful, more of what you're grateful for will come to you. But if all you're doing is focusing on what you don't have, that's what you're going to bring more of into your life. What you focus on and what you think about, you're actually bringing to you. So you have to be, it's like the old joke, be careful what you wish for. You have to be careful what you're thinking about. And that has also been proven. I know there's a number of coaches out there or inspirational speakers. Dennis Waitley is one of them. There's a number of them. But they have actually proven when they coach somebody, especially in athletics, that if they can get that person to focus on what it is that they want to achieve, whether it's throwing that winning touchdown or sticking the landing if you're a gymnast or whatever it might be, when you can visualize yourself doing that and you keep repeating that visualization, when you actually go into the ring, it's like you've already done it. Your, your brain doesn't understand the difference between reality and fantasy. Yes. And it takes a lot to get there. And I can tell you some stories about, I'm a two-time failure at entrepreneurship. So I've had my struggles and the things I thought about and the things that I manifested were the, all the wrong things. And that's where I came up with the saying is we're chasing the Joneses because that's where I was at. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep up with the material things and not the things I had in life already, but when it comes to creating wealth or putting yourself in a financial secure position, I don't think we, I don't think we think about tomorrow and the next day. I think we're only focused in on the instant gratification now. Is that a challenge for some of your clients or a percentage of your clients where they're only thinking about the instant gratification and not trying to set themselves up for the future? I think it's most, and I don't think it's even just my clients. I think that's just a natural trait that we need to overcome. And one of the ways that I help people overcome that, Ryan, is I ask them a question. And that question is, If you found out you have 30 days to live, how would you want to spend these next 30 days? I like that. So if you, if I asked you that question, for example, and if you you hit pause and you said, wow, gee, Terry, I want to spend more time with my children. I want to spend more time with my spouse. I don't even know if you're married or if you have kids, but I'm just using this example. Mm -hmm. Or I want to start a foundation. I want to leave deep footprints in the sand before I leave. And this, these conversations take place. So you would give me your list. And the next question would be, why aren't you doing it today? Yes. What is stopping you from doing that today? When you ask that question, that's when you understand what your priorities are. What is your vision and mission in life? What is your purpose? Your purpose is not to get that next promotion. Your purpose is the things that you would do 
that you're not doing over if you were told you had 30 days left? Because is anyone guaranteed tomorrow? No. No, none of us are. And it's interesting that when a person gets that information, and it happens a lot, I'm going to be 30 days, it might be 60 days, whatever the number is. But when you find out what your expiration date is, you hack an awful lot of living into that period of time. Like the person before they go on vacation, they get no. tons of work done, right? Yes. That the last few days before you get on vacation. And yes. then you come back and the work is already there. So you got to spend the next week or two getting caught up and then you chill and then you level off. But if you work with that same intensity and that same focus, you can take more vacation. So how do we balance this out? How do we start working through this process? Because that, that 30 days is resonates and you're like, what else could I do to leave a legacy? What can I do to make sure my family's taken care of? Whatever the case is. but. How do we start that? How do we start walking down that path to pre prepare ourselves, one, but two, to live more intentional? And I think that's where you're going with it. I could be wrong, but I'm just reading between the, the lines there. No, you're absolutely right. Because when you live with intention, that's when you find true happiness. Because you know you've got all your ducks in a row. And let's face it, have you ever seen ducks in a row? <laughs> no. no, right? They don't exist. And for some reason, we always like to focus on getting our ducks in a row. Yes. So how do we begin the, the first step is awareness. And the first step is just accepting and admitting that we're not immortal. Because that's, I think, our biggest challenge is we don't really want to face the fact that we don't know when our expiration date is, but we all have one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's number one is once you focus in on that and you realize that this is reality and you say, if this, I don't care if it's 30 days or 30 years, what is it that I really want as my legacy? And if it's, I want to make sure that my family is taken care of. Okay. What does having your family taken care of mean to you? And you break it down into steps and you just make a list and we check them off. So the first step is speak. If you can't do it on your own which most people, they have the ability, but they don't have the focus. Work with someone. It's really, it's a great investment in your own peace of mind. It's to find somebody that you can work with, that you're comfortable with, that will take you down that path in a way that's easy for you to get it done. But when you start that path, I guess for me, I would call that rock bottom because now you've put that line in the sand saying you've got 30 days, mm -hmm. that's rock bottom. And then you can only go up from there. Mm -hmm. But why do we continue to kick that can down the road and not hit that rock bottom? I guess that's the question I've always asked is why do we continue to delay the things that mean the most to us, but go after the superficial items that mean very little? Because we didn't take the time to get clear. Once you have the clarity of what it is that you really want, you get to a point when you make, it's all about decisions and it's all about mindset. So once you make those decisions that, yes, this is what I want, this is what's important. I want to know that XYZ is handled. Mm -hmm. Wild horses aren't going to stop you. But a lot of that, the challenge is, we let life get in the way of really living. And 
sometimes that's when having a coach or somebody at your side, the guide by your side that's going to stay on top of you, that's going to keep you accountable while holding you, your hand through the process. If you've gotten to 40 or 50 or 60 years old and all of this stuff has not been handled by now, then guess what? You're probably not in a place where you can handle it by yourself. It doesn't mean that you have like less mental capacity or anything like that. It's just that process of making those decisions. You just need some help with it. That's okay. I got to go down another rabbit hole because that's just the first thing I, I'm thinking of is we're at that point, 40, 50, 60 years old, and we haven't handled it. But then now we're going to, and the best way I can describe it is people have a somewhat negative connotation of coaches because mm -hmm. everybody's a coach. Right. So how do we connect and find those coaches that can work for us? And, and I know it's some time in it and it can be generic, but I truly think that's part of, I call it building your tribe, whether it be a coach or a group that you belong to, whatever the case is, you have to feel comfortable with him or her in that group, but you also have to put time into it to make it work for you. Exactly. And I, and I think we miss a lot of that along the way. I think what we miss, Ryan, is when a person... This isn't everybody, but there are times when somebody is at that point mm -hmm. and they're 60 years old and they haven't done a thing to plan for their future and they have more time in the rear view mirror than the front windshield. Okay. Okay. The question that I ask is, are you coachable? When I give you tasks, are you going to follow through? Because guess what, Ryan? No one gave me a magic wand or a crystal ball. I don't have those as tools in my quiver. They don't exist. There is work involved. What I do for a person, or in any good coach will do this, is they draw out of you the answers to your deepest questions. And that's, that is really their, their secret sauce, is can they draw out of you the answers to your question and do it in such a way that you're inspired to take action? And the inspire to take action is where the magic truly exactly. happens. Exactly. That's where the magic happens is in the action. It's just like the law of attraction. If you've read the secret or, or saw oh, the yeah. movie. Okay. So I'll give you an example from that. I think it was Mike Dooley that gave this example. He wanted a particular car. Uh, I yes. forget what the car was, but let's just say it was a, it's a BMW or whatever it was. And he had pictures of that car everywhere. He had like pictures like all over the place. He was just focusing on that car. Now, if that's all he did, would the car show up in his driveway? No. no. What did he have to do? He had to go to a showroom. He had to test drive. He had to picture his hands on the wheel of the car. He had to find out what does the car cost? How much do I have as a down payment? He had to get that data. And then he had to take steps toward getting the car in order for that car to become a part of his life. So in my life, 
My example, I had talked about going to Sicily for forever. Anybody that knows me would say, oh my God, I hope she's not going to tell me that story about why she wants to go to Sicily. And I had plans to go around the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. So I had to cancel everything. So I really did some soul searching of why haven't I gone yet? What's in my way? What's holding me back? And I made a decision this year, said, I'm going. What do I need to do? So I did some research on what's a good time. of. So again, I'm taking action. I did research what's a good time of year to go, the fall. I checked my um, passport. I realized my passport's going to expire in July. So that's not going to work. We're having trouble getting passports renewed. I immediately, this was in February, I sent in my renewal for my passport. I got the passport in May. Check that box. What kind of an itinerary do I want? How many days do I want to go? How much do I want to spend? I had to do all of that work, all of that research in order to get this dream to come to fruition. I couldn't just sit around, as, which I had been doing basically, is talking about it, thinking about it, wanting to go. I didn't take the action steps necessary to get me from point A to point B. And that's what it boils down to is if you really want something, you have to take the steps necessary. And if you don't know what the steps are, if that's your block, find somebody who knows them. And if you have to work with them, you have to pay them, whatever, it's going to shorten your learning curve and make you more likely to attain whatever that goal is. I've got a loaded question. It's teeter-tottering, however you want to call it. We tend to not want to put the time and effort in to things like this. Right. What's caused that? Is it, and I, I, there's a couple points here. Technology, is that hindering us? Is it because we see other people and, the, and they have these things already and they don't have to work for it? Or is it just we've become so instant gratification that we're not willing to wait? Or it could be something else. It could be whatever that you think is answer D. I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are. I think it's a little bit of all of that. Okay. And I think that by nature, we have a tendency to be procrastinators. And I think one of the reasons that we procrastinate is because we're either afraid of making a mistake, so we do nothing. Um, or we're confused or we, we're listening to, you know, the talking heads on the radio or whatever it might be in a confused mind, does nothing and takes no action. That's, I think the quote's actually a confused mind says no and does nothing. Yeah, something like that. You're probably right. I, I know the quote. I just don't know off the top of my head. But that just seems to be we're going to a broader and then we'll have to I'll bring it back down because we're getting close to the end is that seems to be more prevalent in society today because it seems like, okay, I'm waiting for somebody to give me something instead of doing the work. And I'm wondering, how does that affect future generations and, and clients that you're going to work with? Because there's going to be people that are going to come along. I was reading something, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday or the day before that said, People are complaining that they're going, they have to go back to work in the office mm -hmm. the previous week. And I'm thinking, why is that a big deal? You don't want to be around people. And it's, are we losing every aspect of the human connection to where we're just not wanting to do or put in the time and effort to get us to the next level? I don't know. 
I don't really have, I don't think I have a really good answer for that question, except that there have been many studies on different groups of people. Like they talk about the uh, millennials and the Gen Z and the, all of that. They get everybody kind of categorized. And there is a generation that has been brought up with the everyone gets a trophy mentality. Yes. And that's the problem. So there right away, you're taught at an early age, you don't have to work for things. You just have to show up. Mm -hmm. And you might not even have to do that much. So now you take that same group of people that get a job. And if they came into, say, they just graduated in like 2019. And then they're out there working. And then we have a pandemic. Now they don't even have to get dressed to go to work. They can just have a shirt on and the pajama bottoms and be in front of a camera. And they, right? Yes, you're right. And they get very complacent with that. And they, well, I'm still getting my work done. No one's telling me I have to be anywhere at a certain time. So all of those confinements and constrictions of the everyday work life disappeared. We don't want them back. Now, what I've read in studies is that generation, when they go into a job interview, they're asking about work-life balance. What are the benefits? They're asking all of those questions that we didn't dare ask. Yes. We let them ask us how we're going to fit in and what our skills are. They walk in with their laundry list of what's in for me. They're all clued yeah. into radio station WIFM. <laughs> I like that. And, and that's a problem. So it's beyond just the interaction. It's beyond just that human connection. It's such a narcissistic mindset of it's all about me and it's what I need and what I want. Maybe in some respects, they've got an advantage because they have that clarity of what it is that they want that we didn't get. I don't know. Time will tell. But it can't all of, it can't be all about you because then you're losing every other aspect of life. Exactly. I mean, it, you've got to balance it out. Of course, there's time that you have to put into yourself and make sure that you're taking care of you first. But if it's always about you, that gets old very quickly. And, I, and I'm going to wrap this up and bring us into a, a landing here is how are you going to work with your clients going forward? Or are you seeing that today in your practice? I working with the generation that I work with, I don't see that. What I do see is a lot of these women didn't know how to put themselves first. Oh, so I've okay. got women that are in their, say, late mid-40s to early 60s. They've raised a family They and while working. They're taking care of an elderly parent while working. They're trying to grow their career while doing all these other things. And my help for them what I try to get them to do is to put themselves in the picture, put yourself in the driver's seat, put yourself first at this stage of your life. You're like approaching the third act and you've got to do some self-care. They're getting burned out. They're stressed. Why are they so stressed? Because they don't put themselves first ever. There's a balancing act. There are times when we don't put ourselves first because we got somebody else we have to take care of, but you can't just be taking care of other people and not taking care of yourself, just like you can't just be taking care of yourself and not thinking of anyone else. Total opposite of the generations coming up. So that's be interesting to follow up to see how you can, how you start interacting with future generations and what that looks like. To wrap this all up, 
what could be the final takeaway that you could share with the group if they're in that space, their ladder's not up against the right wall, what can they do? I think what, what would be their best approach is to take a day off from work, grab a pad of paper, a yellow pad, whatever you want to call it, and just brainstorm what it is that you want out of life that you don't have. And really get granular. I'm not talking about, oh, I want a BMW or I want a new house. I'm not talking about anything that's a, a physical, what do you want? What's the word I'm looking for? A material want. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the deep work. I'm talking about in your soul, what is it that you want? What's the legacy that you want to leave? And what are you not doing to get there? What are you, if you want to have a better social life, why don't you have that today? What's standing in your way? If you find that you can't discern what your next steps are, life is way too short to struggle with this. And I'd say, reach out to a life coach, reach out to someone like myself. If it's not me, somebody else like me that can help you get those answers and shorten your learning curve and show you what steps you need to take to get from where you are to where you want to be so that you can have that sense of fulfillment and happiness and purpose that you deserve. Amen. That is, that's a great way to end this show. So before we go, what is the best location or best place to reach out to you if there is a person that wants to work with you? I have a great presence on LinkedIn. So you can just look for me on LinkedIn. They send me a connection request you know, mention the show that you heard me on the show and we'll connect. The other way is through my web. Uh, I think you have the address in the show notes. Yes. And if you wanted to set up a consult or just a discovery call, I do that for free. Link is, is there. I also have a toolkit that I've provided for the show. Um, okay. you, can, you can download that and start working with that. And that may be at least a good first step for you. Okay, perfect. Well, I will link all those in the show notes. I thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom, but also giving the, some great ideas to where they can start working on themselves, because I know we all could use that. Thank you, Ryan. And I'm so grateful for the invitation. I know it was, I think it was last October we connected, but believe me, it yes. was worth the wait. You're a great interviewer. Thank you very much. I hope you have a great day. You too. Thank you. All right.